Welcome to BizBody, where your body is your business. I'm your host, Keith Shimon. Have you ever had a mentor? Great mentors consistently bend reality. They take ideas that you thought were concrete and inject curiosity in what could be. This is where our next guest excels. Tom Purvis is a trained physical therapist that is a junkie of all things exercise. He's been teaching exercise for years. We talk about the tools of exercise, the history, mechanics. We talk about expectations and an exercise experience and a lot more. Tom is a major influence in my life to continually push the boundaries of knowledge and experience and never going on autopilot. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tom Purvis. Been on the road. Oh, you mean the long trip? Yeah. 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 How was that? It was pretty great. We cut it a little short because... Um, so we literally went through every state in the south east so um but it was funny because by the time we went through tennessee a couple interviews one in virginia at the old nautilus near the old plant where the engineer still lives then we worked our way down the states that are you know on the on the coast there and we started noticing you know the all the um cases of COVID started going up and we're like, why are they going up in every state we've been to? <laughs> <laughs> You're officially the catalyst. <laughs> bringing it, bringing it with I'm you. The guy. Yeah, I'm just driving. Asymptomatic <laughs> man. We got to Florida and it was a mess. They were, there were even some checkpoints on the highways. Like they were taking temperature and crap. It, that was weird. And then. What is that going to do? I don't know. And right. uh, so we finished up in Tampa and we had about six more in Miami. We just like, forget it. We just turned around and came back and went along the Gulf and came up and got a, interviewed a couple of people that I know in Louisiana. <clears throat> One guy used to work for Body Masters. Um, anyway, so yeah, we ended up two, about a day shy of two weeks, right at two weeks maybe. So was it a, a like a whole project just surrounded around equipment or what do you what do you recommend as a top secret? It was mostly about equipment. The we missed out on um the people in Miami probably half a dozen weren't didn't have anything to do with equipment or anything like that. But it all started because I just um you know, I never got to talk to Arthur Jones or anything and all the guys that worked with him and knew him really well and were there during that whole deal, they were I don't know, they're getting 70, you know, mm. and it just would suck to lose those firsthand stories. One guy, yeah. one guy you've seen, I'm sure you've seen Pumping Iron. Yeah. Um, so if you remember, if, if you've seen it in the last 30 years and you still remember some of it, there's a scene with a little guy, little, he's, he's fairly big, but I mean, he's shorter, like here's Arnold and here's, his name's Wes. <laughs> And he kind of had, at the time, blonde, really curly hair. And they're doing this pose, and Arnold's going, reach up, reach up. These little guys want to, you know what I'm talking about? Heck yeah. See, yeah, yeah. He used to work for Nautilus. So I've known him for like, I don't know, 25 years. 
And so we sat down in his house and talked to him about, well, lots of stuff, but mostly about pumping iron. And it was so cool. We were there like three hours just hearing all these stories of him. He and this other guy flew out there from North Carolina and went, this was when Gold's Gym was on uh, Pacific. In other words, it's a block from the beach and it hasn't been there. Well, Gold, Joe Gold sold it to the people that, well, they don't even own it anymore. But by the time I was, by the time I was ever there in like 83 or whatever, there was, uh, there were other owners. So he didn't, <clears throat> he sold it in the set late seventies or something. But anyway, um, yeah, he just goes walking in there and they were filming. They were just in there all day long, just getting footage and footage and footage for pumping iron. And it wasn't like in there for an hour. They would just film eight hours every day with whatever's going on. And then you can imagine the editing process down to whatever it is, an hour and a half. And anyway, it, there were, they were just like guys just working out, you know? <clears throat> and so, um, you know, they had two weeks with all the money they had and they were just in there working out. And um, the guy and the guy, George Butler, who was kind of the producer of Pumping Iron, overheard about three days into it, somebody asked, well, you know, tell us, wh tell us why you came here. Tell us your story. So he was talking about it. And he was like, that's great. So he filmed. They were, he was in a ton of stuff, but the only part that actually made it was this little piece, right? <laughs> That's a great piece, by oh, the way. It is, but it's like, okay, so you, you go out there for a two-week thing just because you're into it, and they're like, hey, kid, come here, right? And you're in. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in like, totally chipped. Yeah. Oh, how, many, how, how often does it happen with media, though? <laughs> it's like, hey, we're going to have this whole piece, and then it's the piece that you have no, like, you don't want anyone to see at all. <laughs> so like, that's a cheap that piece. Yeah, but you know, he just, because of that, he knows everybody. We were walking, so he lives in Mount Airy, North Carolina, and it is literally where Andy Griffith was from. That Andy Griffith show, Mayberry, was built, the diner's the diner. The Floyd's Barbershop was Floyd's Barbershop. It's all real. And very little of it was actually filmed there. But um, but that's where he was from, and all the characters were real life from when he grew up and all that stuff. Anyway, so he's from there, and after we're done, we go walking around the town, and he gets a call. It's Lou Ferrigno. So he's <laughs> he just knows all these guys like, eh. He's like, yeah, you know, one time Lou just came for two weeks because he was sick of California and L.A. and all the weirdness. So he and his wife came and just hung out for two weeks. And it's like, you know, it, Nobody, you have nobody cool cares friends. there. They go to a yeah. restaurant, and of course, Lou eats all this stuff. And the restaurant the guy goes, "What do you play football or something?" They don't know. <laughs> they have no idea who he is. Like, yeah, I play football. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just the stories are so great, man. You know. And he told me some of that stuff back when I first met him, nineties and yeah, in the nineties. But. I never asked him specific details or, or just got him talking. And that's what happened. And he was just telling all this stuff he was talking about. Um, Arnold came over to him after he, they kind of got to know him. And he said, listen, there's going to be some guys in here. They're going to come and offer you drugs, you know, steroids and other drugs. And it's, he's like, don't even feel like you have to 
do it just because of peer pressure or whatever. And he said, if they keep bothering you, just come tell me. And I was like, that's a really cool thing. You know what I mean? It's a really good story. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Who yeah, would, that's fantastic. Who, who, would, who would even know that story if, if, I don't know, I just love that. I love that inside stuff, you know? Oh, cool. yeah. Big, big brother. Yeah, no kidding, right? Like, who, who looks after just an, another guy like that? That's really cool. Yeah. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, because Arnold, I mean, he wasn't Arnold, but he was in bodybuilding, he was Arnold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't yeah. in movies and crap, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's the Terminator. He wasn't that yet. Ah, that's like 83 yet. or something. <laughs> he was still working on houses, wasn't he? You know, no, like him and. Was, I mean, he was. They shot it around his last Mr. Olympia, 75. So he had been a big oh. deal for like five or six, maybe five times he'd won because he came back in 80 um, when he was training for Conan. Um, he decided to compete again. So he came back in 80, and that was 75. Wasn't like him and Franco Colombo just doing like odd jobs for the longest well, I think time in California? First, first, first moved here. So you're yeah. talking probably 68 or something like that. Man, yeah, so much change. I mean, so much changes so rapidly. You know, I mean, the evolution, the evolution of the industry in itself. It just seems to be more like a revolution where things just get repeated over and over. But then there's some cool things that pop up along the way. You know, it's all bell bottoms. It just keeps coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the best the best stuff never dies. So. Are you recording? You're recording this, aren't you? That's pretty fun stuff. Yeah, we yeah. just we just start right yeah, from the good. beginning, and we can can edit it yeah. like however we want, you know. If that's cool. But those those story that's just fun. But did you? Hey, when we did that, um, you guys came to the equipment Ursa thing. In, yeah, yeah. Did you come twice? San Francisco and LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. Okay. San Diego. Yeah. And the reason, have you been to L.A. ever and Venice Beach and stuff? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. You know, we went, we went to LA, all yeah. the vendors and stuff down there that kind of make it cool, all the junk along the... Yeah. Supposedly, they're getting rid of all that, and it's all just going to be condos and crap. And it's like, why? That's what makes Venice Beach. That's I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it sucks. But anyway, so even that, even what we did 10 years ago is going to be gone within... Just a handful of years. Yeah, we we, we were down the there when the roller skates. Yeah, we were down there when the roller skate guy came by. With uh, like, the guy say, in white with the guitar. Yeah, he's say, been there. Saying I lived there in '86. He was there. He's been there forever. Yeah. Only now he's got like they, you know, battery pack back then was like this big, and now it's just like this little. <laughs> That's what changed for him. He used to live. Yeah, he's like a little battery. Now he has little speakers that are awesome. And back then he has to, he had to literally shove these boxes on wheels around and stop and play. <laughs> Jesus. Can you imagine every day in the heat? Right. That'd be amazing. I mean, it was, it was definitely something that you had to experience, you know, like it's the first time I'd ever been out at Venice Beach. I thought it was going to be completely different. And when I was there, I was like, wow, this is just bare bones. It was great. You yeah. know, like I thought it was, it was a lot of fun. Even seeing some of the, um, the gymnastics equipment that was just out on the beach. I was like, crap, that, yeah, the that's amazing that stuff. they have. Yeah. 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 Well, it sucks is by the time, like 10 years ago, 15, maybe even by, 90 all that equipment in the pit down there on the beach beach 
the actual yeah. lifting equipment and stuff. See, that was originally just a chain link fence around it and just a, a what looked like a glorified tool shed over there. And then I guess Weeder dumped a bunch of money into it. When you went, did it look like a big concrete? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind of looked like plates on the top and stuff is huge. So that's when they redid it and it's all nice. But it, And it's kind of, although it sits out there in rust, it's real equipment, not junk somebody made. You know what I'm saying? But when I, oh, God, I lived yeah. there, it was nobody, nobody wanted, in their right mind wanted to work out there. It was just a bunch of rusty crap. <laughs> Straight prison equipment. It was. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> you were even behind the fence. So, <laughs> of course, you could jump over there because it was only four feet tall, but still. <laughs> right. Well, I'm sure it made some guys feel like, oh. Yeah, Franco probably couldn't jump over it, but, you know, tall guys could. <laughs> Come on, Franco. Just try it. Just try it, Franco. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> so, like, the, the next thing for you, man, like, you've been probably filming nonstop. You've been um, putting a lot of your stuff online. Um, your in-person courses that have been a mainstay for a long time for you is probably completely shifting gears so that you could probably do a lot of things that you've always wanted to do, but you've always had people coming to Oklahoma city. So, so tell me like what's really happening with you right now? What's going on? Well, yeah. It, you know, I got to tell you, I, I don't miss <laughs> this virus thing is the best thing that ever happened. I hear that a lot. I'm telling you, man, it's when you're trying to work, when the first video we shot was force one, February of, well, I shot a bunch of stuff at the end of 18 and just dumped it all, like 10 or 20 hours of stuff. And it was just um, like <clears throat> taking a PDF of the manual. First, I just put the manual up on a TV, right? And like PowerPoint, only it was just a PDF up there. And I was just going through it like this just to get this stuff done. And then I'd watch yeah. it and I was like, God, this is terrible. <laughs> so because white, white backgrounds don't do well on stuff because it washes, the camera shuts down, you know, the aperture. And then so you're dark and it just doesn't, you can't see it. So I went back and made a blue background um, and with white letters and went through the whole thing and that worked, looked better. But I just, I hated, hated, hated. Like what I was getting ready to say was down here, you could already see what I was getting ready to talk about. Unlike PowerPoint where it's like, you don't see her, you can put a line line by line by line. It's like, and you know, cause people have manuals, but it, that mostly when you're up here doing something, they're watching you. And I hated that the next thing was, it just, so I just trashed it all. I just got rid of it. And I said, there's not, I need to make this whatever I always wanted it to be. And I had aborted PowerPoint when I stopped doing conferences and stuff. Um, cause it always just seemed like, I don't know, it seemed like it was more for the presenter just to keep track of where they're going. <laughs> uh, it is. It is. And if there's a large volume of stuff that you really want to make sure you don't miss anything, I use it for that. But the biggest thing I got really good at was animation and PowerPoint. So there's some stuff you need to watch. There's a couple things I actually put on YouTube on, um, um, I don't know, one of the channels, maybe a couple of them. But being able to animate how a machine fits with a body, because people see levers in the machine and stuff, they don't get that the body's a completely separate lever system, and when they interact, 
you've got to see how these two things meet, right? What happens when you raise the pad on the shin on a leg extension, people don't see that you change two lever systems, right? That whole thing we talked about in class. Anyway, anyway, so being able to do all that. So yeah, I was a year into it, year and a couple months before all this stuff started, which was really a blessing. And we'd done a soft launch just to see what was going to go wrong in November, November of last year. So we had, we had already, um, and I was still filming and stuff. There's about, I still have, I haven't filmed anything since about, well, since the trip we went on, because I got really, I came back from that trip and got really interested in equipment and getting after it, trying to continue modifying stuff in hopes of using it for prototypes for my own line and everything, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've kind of been focusing on that, but yeah, it was, it was a mess because I stopped having science one and science two because it was going to be online, but it wasn't online. So entire 2019, it was horrendous because the few people that came, the last group that actually had science one and science two ended in about May, May. And then everybody that came after that was completely and totally lost. It was just ridiculous. And I was always mm -hmm. curious, you know, could I, could we get in the gym and I could teach them all those basics and you know they're not basics it gets pretty crazy advanced but yeah do it in the gym well it's like there's no way because we couldn't even explore the exercise because i was still trying to get them to see what i started calling the language if you don't have what science one is science two under your belt and i uh, that's the wrong way to say it if you don't have it as a second language right because people, people go, oh, a language, it's just words. No, it's not, because you can't go talk to somebody with just words. You have to know what they mean, right? And you have to know what they mean when you put them together. And that's why I started calling this thing a language, because when the people would come to science and go, well, I don't see what this has. Yeah, 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 the moment arms, that's great. And then you walk in the gym and you start going, do you see the line of force? And they're going, it's like, you gotta bring that crap over here. Like it was over there in that room last month, now we're over here. And the whole entire purpose, there was one purpose for science one and science two, and that was to be able to do hands-on. People see that stuff as totally separate, you know, and school teaches it as totally separate. School professors don't know crap about exercise. And so the kids that are good at the textbook stuff, it's, they're really lucky to be any good at exercise, even, even the school version of it, right? Um, I thought that the like the idea of the the reductionist versus like the the, the zoom in zoom out yeah is where a lot of people just really fail and until until that is understood what you just talked about completely gets lost in the textbook and side the, of the two extremes of that drive me crazy the people that go oh my god that's so hard I've never had any of that before and in my mind I almost want to go there's certainly having heard it having learned moment arm in school you would think is a, is a leg up on the deal, but most people can't remember if they never used it for anything. So maybe it's not intimidating because you had it, but in school you had it, so you dismiss it. Or you think, yeah, I know all that stuff. Listen, anything I had in school that I said, ah, I know all that stuff, was the stuff I didn't know because I didn't want to expose the fact that I didn't know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. well, I think, I think the other part of the whole science one science two thing for me was also just getting on the same page with you know like we all learn different terms and meanings for different terms and like exercise is notorious for having their own definitions for things and 
like having physics almost not exist, right? So, you know, my definition of stability or something like that was completely different. Or the shift of words. Or, yeah, like, you know, proprioception or all those all the, all those things that we talk about. Well, all those definitions that, really come from or came from, they're, they're like, well, everybody should know what balance and stability and function is. But what we were, what we're taught is not even a school definition. The schools are now inundated with the bullshit marketing stuff. So some guy yeah. who said, who started a wave of, of ways to a philosophy, un, completely unfounded. And what these guys don't even know they're, is they're talking about motor learning. And not a one of them is an expert in motor learning, right? And you're talking about stability. It's like, like you said, well, what of the joint of your entire center of mass from falling over? Um, meaning lack of movement. I mean, and people are like, they learned a soundbite. And most people have a complete intolerance for diving in. And when you, when you challenge them to say, what do you mean? They think you're being an asshole. When really you're trying to figure out where's the commonality that you just said, Brent, where's, where can we at least find a diving off point for communication? Because we're using the same word and we're thinking, well, number one, it has nine definitions and which one are you on? You see what I mean? Right. And if we all know the nine definitions, then we can choose a context to talk about it. It's not always that it's right or that it's wrong. It's like we got to be on the same page and they are legitimate definitions. When, when the uh, when the practitioners can't agree, how confusing do they think it's going to be for the consumer? I don't think it's confusing at all because they shouldn't know these words. Well, I mean, if, if we can't even have a conversation to then simplify it to the point where yes. you can actually talk to a, to a consumer, because like what seems to be even crazier is, OK, now the people that don't know the words are then confusing the shit out of the consumer on well, that, on that where end. Where I was going with that is what, like if they say, well, we're doing functional training to the consumer. You, you know, you, you might as well say we're doing blah, 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 because it just doesn't matter. They're doing what they're doing. Yeah. The name's irrelevant. Now they like grabbing onto stuff and go, well, I do functional training. It's like, <laughs> you don't even know what it is. Who does, yeah. who does functional training? Yeah. <laughs> Most people doing functional training. <laughs> yeah. Right. No idea. You know, one of the funniest things has become so blatantly obvious. Listen, if there was anything, let's say you want to blow off the, the idea of internal function, how this stuff actually works, which they completely don't understand, obviously. Um, and you want to talk about their stuff, like any version. And this, this is the, the hypocrisy like we've talked about before, even within this. Oh, it mimics life. Well, what are you doing on that squishy thing over there <laughs> with a body blade? And a shake weight. What are you doing? The shake weight might actually be functional. In a bar. <laughs> but the, the thing a whole is, bunch of bars in life. Yeah, so they, everything's <laughs> got to be on something wobbly. That has nothing to do with life. Oh, but it's neurologically stimulating. Oh, well, you just now changed the rules. Now, which one would you like to talk about? Because they're both valid conversations. But you can't keep mixing them all together. And, you know, that's, that's a huge problem. But um, one of the things is like, okay, let's, let's play the functional game. Let's do something really, really simple. And I'll bet you're most of the clients that walk in can't do it. I'm going to have them sit on a bench and slowly stand up from it. No hands, just slowly. Average 50-year-old. Now, certainly, center of mass has changed when they start getting fat. They can't bend over enough to get their center of mass over their feet. All these idiot trainers think that the center of mass is in your butt. 
regardless of where you are, which means it's never over your feet if that's the case when you're in a squat position. <laughs> Hello, McFly, how do they miss that? And then they're trying to impose a protocol of standing when this person can't even get their center of mass over their feet to do a squat to stand type of thing. So it's like, the, even the people, this is the, where I'm going with this, even the people who profess like a religion, functional training, having a fucking clue. Yeah, I just, I, I kind of feel like, you know, when I, after going through science one and two, like my head just felt like it wanted to explode. Like that was just, wrong. yeah, that, that might've been that too. Like, <laughs> couple, go, couple, go couple shiki. nights of shiki. Go but, shiki. But like, but honestly, having, having that base and having an understanding of what we were actually talking about made coming to trunk and spine and lower body and upper body actually feasible and it made it actually not easy because you don't make anything easy but it made it doable to where you actually understood what you were talking about so then you know like you said when you put somebody on the spot then i wasn't completely you know shit in my pants well you know? what the only the only way that i could actually grasp all the content was reading it and turning it into an audiobook so i could listen to it over and over I mean, and it was even worse because I had to listen to my own voice. Well, the, the, fun, <laughs> the fun thing is there's so much that, you know, I've added in now that wasn't necessarily there then to the continuum training stuff and all that kind of junk. Um, it was a dynamic process. Man. Yeah, and it's, but it's gotten really huge and it really is. It really is important because it's the thought, it's the way to think. We always talk, talked about the word thought, the term thought process. We've always said it, but it always was left to the person to figure out the path. And having the sciences as we describe them and think about them, having this idea of what am I looking for in terms of someone's ability that has nothing to do, nothing to do with any assessment we ever learned. Sit and reach, who cares? What does that prove? You can sit and reach, what does that mean? Oh, if you can't do it, your back's gonna hurt. Show me one, show me one person where that's true. Show me one. Well, I have lots of people with back pain that can't touch their toes, which came first. The back pain or the inability to touch. Listen, I've never seen anybody that didn't have a knee injury that all of a sudden had lost hamstring flexibility, so to speak. But the problem with, I don't know if single physical therapist or doctor who ever saw them before the injury to assess their hamstring flexibility. We are so stupid in the medical world. We see two things that correlate at the same time. They exist at the same time and we assume a cause. And someone can, you guys, 12 years as a surgeon, all the schooling, a fellow in orthopedics and all that stuff, and they make these stupid ass assumptions. But, but yes, being able to think through these things in an unbiased way and go and stop thinking exercises, right? There are no exercises. Well, what does that do for someone? Well, what is it, right? And more importantly, what can they or can they not do? I, when I, was, when I got out of physical therapy, I was school, this protocol is what you do. This exercise seems so ridiculously easy for this person but I'm supposed to do it. But it's like, I gotta tell you, there's, if I knew the relationships and the, what could be progressions, uh, if, there, if the protocol was decent or if I could have fixed it, I could have slid past that one because they can do it. And I, and, but what's the assessment to see if they can do it? See if they can do it. 
and see if they can do it right. Because I've got people that still come to me, eh, it's been a while, and they've graduated physical therapy. And I get their little sheet of, here's what I've been doing. They can't do one of them if you sit and make them control it. Not one straight leg raise can they do. Not one exercise because they're just flopping around. They show them the stuff. They either kick them out and go home to do it or they walk away from it. And they wouldn't know anyway because that whole intention, controlling contraction, controlling inertia, decelerating to a stop, accelerating tools, it changes everything. And it becomes really obvious what someone can and can't control when they're not flopping around like a freaking fish out of water. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the idea of tools is something that, that I learned a lot from you, which is the idea of like, whether it is actual physical or intangible, the tools of the trade of being um, of, of your intention or of your communication or an actual leg extension machine, like all the different tools of the trade matter. And with that being said, I find it fascinating that, I mean, you completely blew up my bias towards using exercise equipment when before I was primarily like, well, you know, if it's something that's just on the floor, you should be able to pick it up rather than all the pieces that are involved and what's controlling what, when, and finding support and restraint and whatnot. Um, I find it fascinating with how you are going back into tools now again and how you're enveloping yourself with tools and, and, and getting back into possibly even enveloping your own life. Well, that's never changed. That's been a 40 year goal. I built the equipment, <laughs> I built the equipment for the first gold's gym here in this town, it's all around. but it's just, uh, what do you, you can't, if you try to do it all once you end up doing nothing, right? Yeah. You imagine, Oh, I'm going to go build equipment for an hour. Now I'm going to shoot a video for an hour. It's like, okay, there's prep time on all that stuff. There's cleanup time on all that stuff. It's like, you know what you got done today, preparing and doing nothing. Yeah. So to me, you have, you have to immerse yourself in something in, in whatever it is. And once you're at, for me, the immersion process almost kicks my brain in high gear to a, to a pathological point to where I'll, I can't, I'm sleeping, but I'm not because I'll literally keep a pad of a paper by my bed because I'll wake up at two in the morning and go, I've got it. So what was going on in my head that solved a problem while I was asleep? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's weird, but that immersion process, it's not like, oh, I went, I'm an accountant and I went and did this job and it's like, oh, now I'm going to go play softball. It's like, I'm sorry, that's, I don't even call that a life, man. It's like, it's like this thing is, is all consuming and never ending. And people go, oh, when are you going to retire? It's like, retire from what? Yeah. You stop doing things yeah. you hate. And what would I be doing? Do things you love. It's like, you mean like for the past 50 years, I've been doing the same thing, you know, understand? So, yeah. So really the equipment thing, it's like things take precedent for certain periods of time. Getting that video out was all that mattered. And yeah. I didn't take meetings and I didn't look at emails and I just aborted everything else to get that further down the road. Now I've got to get back to it because I've got 120 hours. Um, and I started playing around with subscription content, which is what those interviews were going to be for and stuff like that. Um, during the, one of the reasons the virus was so great, besides I didn't have to interrupt four days of my month for stupid classes. Um, <laughs> No, when you're when you're working on something, it's like you got somebody flying in town to help you film stuff, and then it's like, oh, sorry, here, sit on your ass for four days while I go teach this class. You see what I mean? It, it wasn't yeah. what was going on then in my head, but um, 
Yeah, and but while the virus was going on and all the gyms were shut down, um, there was a chain that we got into a couple weeks before they were ready to open. They, were, they had people in there cleaning and getting ready. My God, we analyzed, I think I've got 70 hours of equipment analysis with no music, no people, nothing, a sea of equipment. We did an entire line of live fitness. We did uh, all the Strive stuff that existed at that time, not the plate load. Um, uh, it was just so great. We did a bunch of that uh, selectorized hammer. Uh, we did a bunch of regular hammer. I mean, just tons and tons of stuff. All the uh, hoist, almost all the hoist stuff. Oh. And it, that, that stuff just sucks. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> so, you, you must so be. So Strive. Strive doesn't do what they pretend. You know, you know what I'm talking about with the, you pull the, it's got nine positions and whatever. Well, it depends on how you set up the body, how you set up the person. At some of the, this is heavy here, heavy here, and heavy here. Sometimes, rarely, in fact. Rarely. Yeah, we have the rope. That stuff's the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Worse than the Magnum stuff? <laughs> I don't, some of that Magnum stuff was tolerable. <laughs> Except for the leg extension. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That's like a that was awful. Chew you off. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, when, when, you're, when you're in a flow, like, are you just literally hanging by the seat of your pants with a notepad by you almost at all times of the day? Or, like, what does it even look like? Because I don't know what I you mean. Tell me what you mean. Well, when you were, when, when I stopped by last, it would have been, what, five years ago, and, and I was filming, and at night you would watch a show, and you would have your computer on you. You'd watch a show. And you type away and you're like, oh, my gosh. And then all of a sudden you'd realize that what you wrote at that point in time was something that conferred with something that was maybe 15, 20 years ago. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't like that is solid. That is a solid thing. Right. Is there is there a process that you normally go through <clears throat> when you're when you're like boiling hot like that? Or is there something where it's just how you normally live and work your day? that allows you to come up with that type of flow um it's it's taken a while um so the first time i recognized something like that was when i started building equipment like even squat rack for my garage or whatever <clears throat> and taught myself to weld and all that kind of stuff and um kind of had a leg up on the engineering and design side of it and i don't know why it just always made sense to me um and then <clears throat> preparing PowerPoints to be like, why is it so hard? Kind of like writer's block type of thing. And then other times, that's why I started using those giant post-its because I needed, it was coming out of my head so fast. I just had to write it everywhere, you know? Paste, paste the room. And then, um, yeah, and I can't sit down, so I have to pace around. But um, it's, it's, it was always like a, how do I make that happen? And in life, it was really, it was really unhealthy because the only way I could do that while having a day of other stuff was it started at 1030 at night when everybody went to sleep. So mm -hmm. I would spend like four days working from 1030 at night till eight in the morning or seven in the morning doing that. And then whatever day stuff had to happen was in the way that had to exist, you know? And so, yeah. but once I'd get all, you know, eaten up with what I was thinking about, 
that nighttime work was just like, it was over in about a second and never felt tired while you're doing it. It's just weird place to be in with your mentally, you know? Yeah. And then you're tired all day and you're like, oh, I can't do that. And you lay down and you're like, you start thinking about it. You're <laughs> like, oh shit. And you get up and you start doing all this stuff again. It's really, it really is pathological. It's really nuts. And, but the fun part was over the years, getting, getting, um, gaining the ability to start it when I want to start it. <clears throat> I can't end it when I want to end it, but I, I can dive into that. Um, <clears throat> and it's just one of those, and lots of people have their own thing like that, where they're, they get so lost in their thoughts, but it's so funny. It's like, I can start solving. And to me, it is literally like solving a puzzle. So I start building something in my head. Okay, if we pull on it this way, this is gonna twist this way, this has gotta be supported. And then, oh crap, now this is in the way. So you try to build it in your head and see the flaws. And, um, or flip it around to chapters. <clears throat> I'm trying to rewrite a chapter, <clears throat> which is when I started the videos, I never, the first few I looked at the chapter I was doing, after a while I just started from scratch because I had some ideas, things that would pop up and I'd write down about whatever, let's say joint forces or closed chains or something. But then if you go back and look at the chapter and get your brain on the path of, on the path that it was on when you wrote the original one, you can't just interject the new. You see what I'm saying? So what worked really well, was starting from scratch. And I don't mean sitting down, but I mean like, okay, this week or this day or whatever's gonna be about this, and I'm gonna mow the yard and whatever, but I'm, I'm just in this place where I'm not thinking about anything else I'm doing. I'm just almost letting stuff in. Oh, this would be a great introduction. Oh, this would be a great ending. And then you start filling in all this stuff, and here's all these new ways to describe it, and here's all these examples and all this stuff, and then go back and go, now what did I miss? From the old stuff, what did I miss? Does this even need to be here? Where does it fit? Oh crap, it fits in great near, near the end here. Why was it at the beginning? No wonder everybody was lost. Why did I do that at the beginning? So it really is fun to try to turn it into a story. And, and um, like the, the closed chain stuff that we, you know, the crummy thing about science, I, you got three and a half days. I chose three and a half days. And I don't know that people would want to stay for four and a half or five or six or a month, right? They wouldn't want to do that. But you realize by the, by the last time I taught science one, guys, I didn't even make it to joint forces or closed chain or orchestration. Didn't even make it. And I had thrown out that four-hour introduction long ago. So because yeah. the more something expands, you see what I'm saying? Well, we used to spend about an hour on closed chains. It's an eight-hour video. Damn. It's eight hours. And so much of that is just having the opportunity to explain it and show it with, and taking my time and showing it in multiple ways and showing a bunch of examples. Look at this guy doing this squat. Do you see the thing here? Look at this. It's not there. Look at side. You see what I mean? And now let's yeah. look at this exercise. Now let's look at this exercise. Well, in science, we couldn't necessarily do that. I didn't have the videos available, but, um, but we allowed, we did hands-on that way, right? Then when we get to lower extremity, mm -hmm. we do that. So that was that um, 
preparation of the language and the thoughts and they get in the gym and go, and someone would always go, yeah, I didn't really understand what we meant there. It's like, well, it was incomplete. It was incomplete without walking in the gym, but that was just another weekend. You see what I'm saying? Well, in the video, I try to, I, I try to do as much of, I try to make everything stand alone. So there's a lot of things repeated here and here and here, because if you only watched one of them, I mean, I can't count that you count on you having seen this or going to that. So that's, they're all, they can be purchased a la carte. Um, that's a crummy thing about the course. You know, nobody wanted to come to RTS if they were already NSCA or ACSM, because that's your team. And the last thing you're gonna do, you know, is wear a different shirt. Oh, now I'm RTS. And it's like, no. So, and if, I, if I'm a physical therapist and I just wanna, I'm in a joint forces enclosed chain and that complete thing that's still a mess out there. Um, I don't want to sit for three and a half days to listen to those two hours. Well, you can buy now five hours of joint forces or whatever it is and eight hours of closed chains and see those. And then if you happen to recognize, well, I need to really know more about torque. You can jump back to that. You see what I mean? But you don't have to jump ship from your team. You don't have to go to a personal training certificate. You don't have to do anything that's not in your occupation or whatever in order to get that information. So it was kind of built to be a la carte. Unfortunately, our world still thinks in terms of certification. What do I need for a certification? You need to have your head examined, first of all, because they're stupid, right? But I don't, I honestly don't, I'm gonna say this is gonna piss people off, but if you wanna talk about it, come see me, because I'll tell them. To, I, I mean, you know, they can come see me because I don't know anybody that has a certification that's all proud of it, that even knows what their own certification says, that it can actually say, here's why they say that. Man, they can repeat it like a religion, but they cannot discuss it. It's just like exercise. It's like everybody, no, that's not true. Everybody wants to be able to talk about exercise. Some people want to do it superficially and call it good. Some people want to pretend they're talking about it in an advanced way, and they do not have the language or understanding to do that. And as soon as you start, all right, let me answer your question. And you start saying words that are required to answer the question and asking them more details about what their question really is so you can give a good answer. You know, a, a vague question gives you a vague answer. It's that simple. They're lost. And on rare occasion, people go, wow, I need to step up to that. I see people don't like to have their shit exposed. So no. most people just go, I'm doing fine without it or whatever. And the thing is, with the, we've talked about this. If someone's working with people that are relatively tolerant or excessively tolerant, they can do anything to them. They can be screwing them off all day long, but the people can tolerate it. You know, the people you guys see, the people I've always seen, and people go, oh, you're a physical therapist, so we don't do rehab. It's like, you are dealing with people that are screwed up. Everybody that walks in is screwed up. And if they're not now, they will be when you get through with them, meaning whoever they are, doing their <laughs> stupid lunges and crap. Like everybody can do a lunge. Holy crap. Holy crap. Worst thing for a knee ever. Um, <laughs> but um, you got people, you know, we've talked about, you don't really get to, become masterful at this stuff until someone can't do a single thing you throw at them not a single thing you ask they can't they i can't do this they can't do that it's like all right you better be able to break this stuff down 
you'll be able to find the parts of this they can do so that you can start to expand that window. That's what rehab is, if you ask me. Anything, diagnosis or not, that they come in they can't do, you've got to play the game of, I wonder if we can improve that. Not, we need to stretch it, and not, I know we can fix that, but I wonder if. And that's one of the most masterful kung fu, snatch the pebble from my hand things, is to say, I wonder if. Let's see what happens. This crap of, I guarantee results. It's like, you're a lying piece of shit. You can't, <laughs> because you control about one, one millionth of the factors. Yeah. Now, where do you, where do you see all this going? Do you see most of hell. it being, what are you talking? Uh, we're already there, I think. <laughs> Cheers. But uh, do you see it going mostly online and then maybe having a few in-person things to go through the application stuff? Or do you see it completely just being online where you're just putting the videos out and having people go through that? I hate online stuff. The lecture stuff was always going to be online because there's no reason for someone to fly here from Australia spend all that money, spend all that time, be jet lagged or flying early enough to not be jet lagged to sit in a chair when they can sit on a chair and watch a lecture at home. A lecture not bound by time and they can watch it 15 times if they want. It's a far better way to do the lecture component, right? Okay. The problem is I can sit and show people how to do stuff. Let's, all right, let's pretend we have a Zoom thing and there's let's keep it down to 12 people like we did in a hands-on class and they're all sitting here and they're all little we're watching and i'm in the gym and i've got someone actually hauling the camera around not using the computer and showing everything we try to show from different angles and whatever and and i've got to have somebody that i'm kind of training and i'm saying watch this did you see what they did here and someone's going ah kind of and here's the thing i promise you every single one of those people if they ever come to this place right here and we get in the gym and I, I could say, do that, whatever, push down, just like I showed you on video, they would look like shit. People don't know what they are doing with their bodies. They do not own their bodies. When you say slow to the end and find the end of the range. Find it, don't just show up there, find it. Explore it every time. And they're just going, yeah, look, I'm going pretty slow. It's like, yeah, but you just showed up somewhere. You just kind of ran up near the fence. You didn't actually like, a guy, blind guy would have to go find the fence. You see what I'm saying? And every end of every range has to be that way on every rep. Well, they do it on the first rep. And the next thing you know, it's like, where did you go? Why aren't you participating in your workout? I'm working harder mentally than you are physically in this workout you're doing. So you know what I mean? So the bottom yeah. is to do what we do here, what you guys went through, you have to be here. Well, I mean, I, I know personally, like, I mean, just the day we, you know, we went through the lower body stuff and we were, we spent, I don't know, four hours on that leg extension machine and came up with 60 plus 70 plus different ways to do it. And I remember like being in that position and you know, my knees have at that point really sucked and being in that machine, just shoving in different directions and like, you know, taking forever to find a position that actually felt good for the first time, you know, and that was really, really eye opening because it was like, yeah, you know, like this, this shit's always bothered my knees. Like see, you're going to have me get in here and do all this stuff. It's like such a great example of it's not the exercise. 
I hate calling it a leg extension. I hate calling a squat a squat. Oh, but there's different kinds of squat. There's front squats and there's this squat. There's goblet squats. I'm like you all are words. I just want to say that I think it'd be funny, and I would somebody would sue me for the words I want to say right now. But they're all stupid <laughs> because they don't really know how to manipulate any of them to a quality end to 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 accomplish anything. And they really what you just said is you are you figured out how to manipulate and a sundry of forces in and around your knee, inertial, stopping, starting, directions, directions potentially changing at different points in the range based upon what you felt, you have all the information. And without you either telling me or finding on yourself, this, this actually feels different for the first time. It's like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. The thing I have to do, if I'm going to be a true professional, I cannot count on it being the same way next time. We have to go through, well, it might be pared down. It might not be exactly the same way next time. It might, you might have right. two more things you can do because somehow you got better, or it might have got pissed off even from the thing that felt okay, and we got to start from scratch. And that, to me, is the fun part. I do not understand why people, oh, that's a lot of work. What else are you doing? You're counting reps and picking your nose. You got plenty of time. Come on, you know? No, I mean, that was the biggest game changer for me because I know it's it's totally changed. It Well, it totally changed the way I even approached exercise in general. And at that point, like I wasn't doing a lot of leg work because my knees just bothered me so much. And really, we got back from that lower body course. And for the first time, I was actually excited to like actually train legs and try to train legs. And now it's like, you know, I do the, uh, I guess the, the mindless stuff from time to time, but I can tolerate that stuff now versus, you know, back then I couldn't tolerate hardly well, anything. Brandon, it doesn't transfer. Right. <laughs> when you improve, it's not functional. When you improve contractile states and contractile ability, it can't possibly transfer to anything else. Your brain wouldn't right. possibly know how to like send a signal down a bunch of nerves <laughs> no, it's totally unfunctional. It's, it doesn't relate. It doesn't transfer at all. Just yeah, everything you're off. saying is exactly right. And it's so fun to get to where you come away from a, a set for the first time in forever. And you're like, I really only feel this monstrous fatigue in the muscle. That's all I feel. I don't feel anything else. And you kind of get so used to some version of feeling or jo some joint stuff that it just kind of becomes like, you just accept it. When you finally play with it and find that thing you're talking about, it's like, oh, that's a workout again. I forgot about that. I was 15 last time I could do that. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy feeling. And it's also one of those things where, I mean, I, I can tell you, like, you know, I've had back issues on and off for different reasons. And, you know, I definitely have found over the last couple of years, I have, I have them a lot less, mostly because of the stuff that we do now, but you know, from time to time they pop up. And the thing that honestly helps me the most is just getting in the gym and working through positions, like just positions. Do you see why people think they need these tools that are appear magic when so many people, and I mean working out exercise people, have never explored full shortening and full lengthening and one's no more important than the other and when they go oh no i did full range it's like okay you're talking about moving now i'm talking about contracting and those are only moderately the same thing 
You know what I mean? But that's what you what you just said there. And here's an interesting thing that I've been playing with for quite a while. Um, testing, assessment, whatever you want to call it, of strength. So when you say somebody's weak or someone's strong, if it was a squat, what what's a strong squat and what's a weak squat? I'm 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 truly. What do you get? I think I think we, a weak squat is completely not being able to do the squat like with your, with, weight. with with any weight body weight just like holding holding your body okay. like so if you are your, intolerant of it that's and somebody would say oh if you can't do 315 you're weak okay but whether it's your body weight or 315 what did we just do to separate those two words we chose a thing we chose you with me so now Let's say I'm pushing on your, you know, in physical therapy school, we learned there's so many versions of muscle testing, right? We learned a version in 1979, 80, that was very different from what I learned at MAT and very different from, okay, but here's the question. So let's say I push on you with X number of pounds and I use a dynamometer and I measure it and I know before and after I push that hard. And it, gives or it doesn't respond and by the way that's interesting does it just kind of do this did you try to sneak up on it and say oh you didn't do it fast enough all of those are arbitrary measurements of weakness what you're saying is because you didn't do it my way you're weak now what's funny is if you go back and go let me do that muscle test without the one two three go oh wait a minute you're not you can hold something. What if it's not 25 pounds? What if I push with 24 and now you can hold it? You know what that tells me? Listen, if someone could only squat their body weight one time, would you think you needed to lay them down and do something to them? Or would you just try to progress that to where they could squat two times? It's just called progression. So if you can hold 24 and you can't hold 25, why am I doing anything with you on a... It's just called backing off the exercise within the capabilities of the individual. It's just strengthening. Now, if you got something, weird, weird things you're trying to accomplish of intrinsics of the foot, really specific occipital neck, all that kind of stuff things of the hand, those get more and more complicated to quote unquote, test and exercise necessarily. So many times, so many of those things, it really works well to do manual things. But the idea that that is a default way for everything, because we did one version of a test and did not explore, okay, it, and this is what you were talking about, Brandon, when you're talking about you found a version of a, of a leg extension squat, whatever, leg press that felt okay. You found what you could do in the middle of a bunch of stuff you couldn't do. You with me? Yeah. Why would I do one version of a test and then, and then not go, well, I wonder what they actually can do. So let me push the same direction. What if I, what if I move my hand six inches closer to the joint? What if I push slower and let them motor learn this thing. What if, you see what I mean? What if it's so foreign to them because they have no ownership of their body 
And what if in five minutes, I quote unquote trained them to stick their brain with their muscles, just like learning to stand up straight. You see what I'm talking about? And if none of that works, well, you've got tools. We're back to the tools thing. But why can't we just consider all of these applications of force as assessments to be arbitrarily defined yays or nays, and then when we get a can't do that one, wait, you can't jump seven feet? Can you do 611? Is this a really tough concept? No. What we got to do is we got to go stretch you, and then we got to cut your hair off and get you some aerodynamic stuff. And, and we're never going to lower the bar to 611 to see what you can do. We're going to leave it at seven feet because that's the rule. It's like, how do we get so stupid? There's nothing wrong with the bar at seven feet, but why can't we progress there? Now, if you can't stand up, I think we got some work to do before we worry about the seven feet, right? But all, so I don't know if what I'm saying is making any sense. And I'm honestly not talking about anything specifically. Everybody takes whatever they're, you're talking about AMAT, you're talking about ART, you're talking about um, sit and reach. Anything that we've chosen an arbitrary, here's what's good. This is a good number. Your VO2 max should be this. It's like, <laughs> and what if it's not? Well, we're going to train it. Oh, you mean I don't have to like stick my hand down my lungs and like with a spoon and, you know? What are the tests actually good for? Like what kind of what kind of number, what type of feedback is actually relevant to the situation? You know, that's that's been that's been something that Brandon and I talk about all the time. It's like, well, is this is this does this factor even matter within this whole entire scenario? Like, why are we even exploring this? And you know, that, that, that comes over time and time again. The more tools you have, and not be biased towards any of them, but just simply only biased towards that individual and what they can do today and do the exploration and go, holy crap, Mrs. Smith, I'm never going to tell somebody they're weak. I'm going to go, let's find what you can do. All right, here's what you can do. Now let's work with that to try to expand that, whether it's different directions of movement, whether it's different levels of contractile ability slash internal torque production, whatever it is, there is very often the ability to quote unquote train it with exercise, but our version of exercise, meaning just figuring out a direction of force, an amount of force, et cetera, and it doesn't need a name, right? So I just think it's such a huge thing for me now. And, um, and it's so hard to talk about because we're back to the teams. Everybody go, everybody wants to take offense because of, as if we're talking about something, something or somebody or some group or some something, and it's like, listen, you know what? If it applies, it applies. And I'm sorry if you're taking offense, but if you are not singularly minded and you already think beyond that and include lots of things in your religion because you're not bound by the dogma of it, then you're already not who I'm talking about regardless of what team you're on. And the other people go, yeah, 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 I know what he's talking about, I don't do that. Or very many times the people that do that because they don't know enough about what you and I do and what we call exercise to expand on it. They're just looking for some choreography they learned We'll do the lunge this way. It's called a curtsy. It's like, what does that have to do? <laughs> I swear, if we could do you did, targeted coronavirus, we could improve this industry immensely. <laughs> I mean, you, did, you didn't know that the more exercises that you can name, the better trainer you are? I guess that's true. <laughs> Pretty inventive, right? Pretty inventive. <laughs> they should get uh, certificates for your wall. It's like um, 
you can now name 101 exercises. <laughs> you are level four. I didn't name over a thousand. The more of them you know with countries is in the first part of the name, you are a badass. <laughs> oh, I bet Travis would win that one. Yeah. <laughs> if he drove straight. Yeah, if he drove straight. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man. Um, with everything that's going on, where can people find everything that you're working on? There's this really cool thing called the internet that they came out with. I think Al Gore invented it a while back. Um, I, you know, these kids don't even know the joke I just made from 2007 <laughs> or whatever. And we do. That's the problem. Um, <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. Yeah. But um, I, I tell you, the, the the I have separated everything. People can't. Oh, people worry me. So exerciseprofessional.com evolved from personaltraining.com. And I, I got a hold of the name. Um, and actually, all this stuff has been handed over to a bigger. I get really tired of trying to run everything and do the work also. So I kind of wanted to be in a position where I was just teaching and brainstorming and had carte blanche do whatever I wanted and let somebody else deal with the, what's going on. So um, there's a lot of stuff I've handed over and, and it makes it very separate things because I obviously own RTS and people, people call up RTS and ask about the videos on personaltraining.com slash exerciseprofessional.com. And it's like, poor Jennifer at RTS, she's like, has nothing to do. Different owners, different everything. You know, it would be as if you think that Terminator and Kindergarten Cop were made by the same guy because Arnold was in them. You know? <laughs> it's like, come on, people, grow up. So um, I, I try to keep these very separate. So yeah, they are, one is a um, personaltrain.com, which, and again, I think actually professional is a better name because if you're a chiropractor or a athletic trainer or whatever the heck, you don't necessarily want to be a personal trainer. You see what I mean? So yeah. uh, you can get there either way but it is an, an ever-growing resource with the sole purpose of heading towards hands-on. There's just no way around it. Anybody that's learning exercise solely on a computer, online, sitting on the toilet, on their phone, whatever they're doing, they're not learning. They can't do it. It's like I was watching one time this guy, he was stupid Instagram. I can't get on any of this stuff. I got it. I got it. Okay. I knew what we're talking about because I, you know how I do the little sidebar thing. I'm on one of my things now. So, I was thinking about Rambo 2 the other day. You remember Rambo 2? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Stallone goes back to Vietnam, and they put him in this big cesspool of pig shit, and they pull him yeah. out of it, and he's got pig shit. That's what I feel like when I'm on the internet. That's social media. I feel like I need to go to the car wash and get, you know. Anyway, so this guy, he's on the Instagram, and he's got this side view of him doing a – a deadlift and he goes I see my back bending here and it's I don't know what to do about that and in my mind I just want to go what are you thinking about it's really simple your brain controls your body so what are you thinking about I guarantee he's thinking about lifting and lowering the weight and then looking and going why isn't my back doing stuff on its own <laughs> right so <laughs> the problem is in the end all of that stuff requires someone to coming and doing 
the other thing we spent a lot of time doing on hands-on in, in the past couple of years was defiant, exploring effort. If someone was relatively healthy, if they came in and we've no complaints, whatever, and we put them on whatever and add something. And they'd be like, how many do you want me to do? And I said, it's not up to me. Guys, my crystal ball has been broken a long time. I can't guess how many reps you can do. We're going to find out how many you can do. So they go and they, let's pretend it's the Cybex one, you know, push this thing. And, uh, and they'd stop and I'd be like, why'd you stop? I don't know. It was getting hard. It's like, you mean the whole reason you did all those other reps was to get to this? And you bailed. It's like you literally did the Indianapolis 500 and at 499, you went, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so it's like, and it was amazing how many reps these people could do after I made them start again instantly. I said, I will tell you when to stop or you will actually figure it out for once. And they would get to where they get to the end of a rep and it's like, it's, it was like, why'd you stop? Well, I couldn't. I don't think I could do the next one. You don't think, you know how we could, no? <laughs> I mean, come on, how stupid. Now look, and they go, I wouldn't do this to my clients. And I said, your clients aren't here, this is you. And we're trying to learn spectrums of effort. And you've never done one good set in your life. Not one. And everyone, and it's like, well, just for fun, just keep going. Whatever, wherever it stops, you were moving this far before, so you stopped here. Okay, that's a lot. Keep going, and keep going, and keep going. And they'd be like, oh my God, and they're dying. You only have to do one of those. And I said, ah, be careful with that, because you just fell into a marketing thing called one set to failure. Now, you maybe should only do one, because you just did a whole bunch of stuff in one set you've never done before, because, you know. But... <laughs> So, and then at the same time going, now what I just asked you to do was find your real end. Now, what if you have a client and as they're doing something, they start doing a kind of a, something feels funny. That might be their end. Those are the same thing. They appear to the superficially minded to be light years apart, killing somebody and being so, you think if that kid said anything was feeling funny, I would have had him keep going? You're always looking for their end today. This rep, this set, you're looking for it. And it needs to be progressive, right? In an ideal world, I would take whatever that, wherever that kid normally stops, and I'd be like, if you can do another good rep, let's just keep going. But that one above his normal effort of execution is enough more you see what i'm saying i was just trying to prove a point in class and i try really hard to get them to see this is about class but i do want you to see you've never explored exercise in terms of all that physics stuff you've never even explored the performance of it you've never explored what's going on inside your body when something starts hurting is it a joint pain is it neurological is it because you're working hard well, I believe that's neurological also. When things start burning, oh, it's lactic acid. Oh, please. Oh, please. You're telling me because the word acid is in there. You got this idea of hydrochloric is now oozing through your muscles and it's making it <laughs> It's your neurological system. And you know how we know that? Because if you stop paying attention to it, it goes away. 
Did we do that when you were here on that Kaiser leg press? Did I even have it then? I don't think I had it then, did I? You just got uh, it. You yeah. just got it when, when I was people there. Go and it's just burning, it's burning, it's burning. It's like, okay, just if they were people that were in shape, you can go right past that. Marathon runners do it all the time. But anyway, that's a really interesting thing exploring effort. And I just, that's besides all of this stuff, RTS stuff, that's become a thing that's really important to me as for people to have some kind of effort, effortometer in their head, right? The true extremes of what effort can be for a given individual. And that's tough because I can sit there and say, it will be different for your client, but they've got this thing stuck in their head now and they wanna push their client. It's like, this person's not even in the ballpark of that, dude, what are you doing? They wanna transfer that experience. But it's just, you see what I'm talking about? So I've, I've tried to expand yeah. so much more here. So yeah, there's stuff online. Um, certainly if you go to rts123.com, it's, um, we'll tell you, that for this this class, level two, level three, which is what you guys went through, it was called mastery back then, there will be a level four someday and it will be purely just nerd stuff, arrows, <laughs> stuff. You know what's funny is I used to do that and people are like, that doesn't serve a purpose, that's just dumb, nobody cares. Well now there's people all over social media trying to draw arrows and they're clueless about what they're doing. But anyway, it's funny that now that's popular. <laughs> you're light years ahead of everybody yeah you, you know it, it, fortunately it wasn't social media so uh people didn't know what i did wrong and i've had about 20 years to fix it but um it's embarrassing what these guys and they're so proud to show themselves on social media while they're just screwing it all up that's amazing to me but so yeah the, the rts courses are over there and are in essence unrelated to the business that is that um where the videos and stuff are because there are other courses out there that use exerciseprofessional.com videos for continuing education and everything else that wouldn't use RTS for continuing education. You see what I mean? They are independent yeah. of that thing. Something that's really, really fun. Um, oh, and I, and by the way, people should go, people always go, I've been to your website. Well, my website is tompervis.com. <laughs> like you don't have a bio on there or anything i said the whole thing is a bio what are you talking about that's all a bio. it's not my site see it doesn't say so anyway i, I want to put that out there because a lot of people are like where did you do this and where did you do that and when did you and it's like oh over there leave me alone so there's you know at least three different sites out there but um 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 um, um. oh so there's about i don't know how many now Last time I looked, there were 12 or 14 accredited personal training um, certifications out there. Um, you know, and some of them everybody knows and some of them are a little more obscure. But the ones that people think are a big deal. There's a friend of mine who, gosh, he came through back when I was teaching old NASM prior to back in the 80s. Um, I mean, 90s. He came through that. He's come through all this stuff long ago. Um, but he started a thing called AAPTE, and it is one of the accredited personal training certifications. It is unique in that it is held at a university uh, on Long Island, Hofstra University. It's a little private school. Yeah. But um, as they were getting renewing their accreditation for this year, 
he confronted me because we have this RTS one thing that's been purely taught internationally. It is a very watered down version because internationally you never know what someone's level of education is. Quite frankly, most people coming through from certifications here should be there, but they would probably think it was so easy to understand that they would think, oh, I've been to RTS, I know what it is, when in fact it's kindergarten. You follow me? Anyway, it's never really been taught here, although Vincent, the guy I was telling you about, he taught it a couple times through as a as an, um, separate thing from his personal training thing, just to see what former students of his certified guys through him, what they thought about it. And they really liked it. And he found it to be valuable as a stepping stone. So you know what he did this year? He said, Tom, when I apply for re-accreditation, what if we change the designation? So what's getting ready to come out, CPT-RTS1. So RTS1 will be part of the designation of one of the 12 or 14 accredited certifications. Congratulations. Big cool thing. Well, it's it's all Vincent's hard work and stuff. But was he over in Thailand in China? He's in Long Island. I just told you. No, I thought like when, when he went, I, I, I thought he was going overseas. Do you have a guy that goes overseas, yeah. don't you? That's not him. No. Okay. Okay. I thought oh, maybe wait, he wait. also did You're that. You're not drinking. That's the problem. I, I, I should be. I should be. You know, we can't really communicate unless we're all slurring our speech at the same time. <laughs> Gradually downhill. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not doing very well either. I've got like an empty water glass. So. Uh, no excuses. So there's just, you know, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to uh, sit somewhere or go to the gym or just and show you guys a bunch of the stuff that's happened since. I, I know you'd find it fun. And and even little things like that that I don't even think about on a daily basis, but they're kind of a big deal. They're kind of, so it's funny when people, um, one of the most annoying things is people, oh yeah, yeah, I went to RTS. It's like, when? Oh, 1995. And it's like, okay, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't stand a chance today, you know? And it's just, uh, well, every time that we go, it's it's pretty much like being on the other end of sucking on a, a fucking fire hose. So it's it's so much coming at you nonstop that you, you just literally can't stop taking notes. And when you get a chance to actually apply it, that's where all the magic happens. Where that's the whole you, thing, you know, man. And all the solve the solve every person's. Now this is unreasonable. Solve every person's every issue. Right, and I don't mean fix them. What I'm saying is find some version of a reasonable challenge for them somewhere in the range, some amount of force, even if it's just them laying there trying to tighten something. And that is your diving up, that's your, your diving in or diving off point for all we gotta do now is start progressing that. We found something they can do, we're just gonna subtly, subtly progress it. And that, that changes people's lives um it's just i don't even think it's hard i just think it's fun and it all it requires is saying let me see what i can see not defaulting to oh my god what exercise i don't have any exercises left to plug this plug into this person you know and it's like oh god you've got no chance of ever helping any it's just luck it is just luck and a testament 
to how incredibly resilient the human body is that people survive the shit things out there in the exercise world that are being done. And, you know, they, it is so akin, CrossFit's just the best example, the sport of fitness. Listen, every one of those guys doing that will not be able to do it at some point, and they will keep trying because they don't know anything else to do. So then they'll look, oh, I had to go to yoga because I couldn't do that. You just swapped one name for another. How would you figure out what the body does? And we'll appropriately challenge the body. But see, that's just like, what? Well, I am. I'm doing exercise. For sure. I got something for you. Hold on. Right. I got, you'll, you'll love this. You'll love this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about this. This is exactly <laughs> what you were thinking about. Exercise kills. Oh, uh, look at you that. You see the guy running? It's almost it's a like gradual a little, progression it's to death. Like a little evolution picture where the guy. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. It is the evolution picture. <laughs> That's awesome. We got, we got one for you when we meet up again. <laughs> and we will meet up again. So. You know what would be fun to say? Without exercise skills, exercise kills. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. We just, we just were so used to everyone talking about exercises, riding a bike or running. And I'm just like, All, like oh my activities, God. Yeah. you know, like talking a, about activities. That's a good separation. There's active. Yeah. That's why I love the, um, I don't know how much it was around when you were there, but the separation of external performance and internal performance or external function, internal function, because you can go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're using your body there, but while some parts are getting better, like maybe your cardiorespiratory system, other parts might be wearing out or getting beat up or getting pissed off or you see what I mean? That's a fun distinction. And even saying, you know, we, we focus on the internal function so you can go participate in your external bullshit function and get your little trophies and, you know, Metals. feel like you matter in the universe. Everybody matters, right? These days. Participation. <laughs> Trophy. As long as you show up. <laughs> That's a whole nother discussion. Everybody got a trophy. <laughs> Look at Jimmy. <laughs> he, he You're so all well. Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> With a vertical leap of six inches. <laughs> hey, man. It was fun talking with you again. Um, when all this, uh, all this Corona stuff is hopefully over, look forward to actually getting uh, back back to Oklahoma City, uh, heading to Shiki. Are they still open? Oh, yeah. They never close. Okay, they, they close, but they have, you know, every night's family night, so I can go whenever I want. So I was going to say, you keep that place open. <laughs> you didn't know that I became Vietnamese, right? I've been, ado I've been adopted. <laughs> Do they have the same people, same people still there? Or same people? Yeah. God, man. That's nice. That's yeah. nice, man. I miss that place. Yeah, I miss coming out there. It's just been such a whirlwind over the past 10 years. I mean, literally ever since we went into uh, METRX, that it's just been like an absolute whirlwind and, and everything else just was piling on top of it. So now it's time to actually breathe, get our head above water and, and start another direction. So looking forward takes, to... Uh, you know, it's, it, it is the kiss of death. If someone does it right, it's the kiss of death to life, parts of life, to give birth to a business. You're not starting one. The worst thing that can ever happen is some rich guy likes some trainer and goes, 
hey, how much would it take for you to start your own place? And they buy some equipment, they rent a space with no operating capital for the next 10 years that they need. And now that, that poor kid, he's poor forever. He's losing his mind. This guy's like, why aren't you paying me back? It's like, I'm not gonna pay my bills. Anyway, it's just to do it right, it's just all consuming. And it, it yeah. is. And then, you know, if you're doing the best you can with real life also, then you're you're saving time for family and kids and all that kind of stuff. But it's um if you can have some fun along the way, then I mean in the business side of it, that's great. But it's just it's it has a heartbeat and it has to be nurtured. I don't yeah. think people see that before they actually they see a gym, they think the gym's easy. Oh, these guys are just raking it in. And it's like, they're mostly struggling. You know, and especially, well, now and you see real fast who was struggling because they didn't make it. Yeah. Those gym files bankruptcy, 24 hour files bankruptcy, closes hundreds of clubs. It's like, it's tough. So it's really it's tough. commendable that you guys have done what you've done. And I've got to say, I was that. thinking the other day, I was going, the, the biggest, most amazing thing is, it is so rare for two people to go in partnerships together and even know each other five years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting, like that you say that because we went through so much over this pandemic that even brought us closer as partners, you know, towards what we want as far as goals. And it in this um, this podcast actually really helped reach out towards a lot of people that that brought us together to begin with. So it's, it's been fun to go back through and reconnect with a lot of these people to take it to another level. And, and that's what we're looking forward to doing over the next 10 years, you know, is seeing how that grows. So well, it's interesting that somewhere, somewhere in what you guys do is a, you know, I, every partnership, first of all, anybody says, I want to start my own place. I go, well, here's my first advice. Don't do it. And because you won't listen to me, here's my second and third advice and because they always do it. And, and then they always go, I wish I'd, the, next, the second advice is get an exit strategy. If you're gonna be dumb enough to do it, you gotta have an exit strategy, then we'll figure out how to make it work. But um, people are always like, no, 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 we're perfect partners, we get along, and he takes care of this stuff, and I take care of this stuff. In the end, someone always goes, it always starts with, well, I'm doing all the work, and he's just doing this, and so, and then they don't, they think they're communicating about that when really they're not. It's either some passive aggressive something or they're telling their clients who don't want to know this. And then it's just, it's all falling apart. But, um, you know, the ability to communicate about that stuff or to constantly be aware of what, where I might be letting this business and my partner down to step up and think that first rather than have to have it. I mean, that's a, that's just a huge integrity responsibility oriented very adult thing and there's about i think seven eight adults in the world <laughs> everybody else are just we're not we're not one of them yeah <laughs> we're trying everybody, not to evolve as much as because possible their cells are older they've turned into adults i don't really see that <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just very old kindergartners yeah right yeah but yeah, as long as long as that stays something. intact that's that'll work too <laughs> 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 that is funny though that you say that because I I'll, I remember like the first time we came down there and you know we had just started our place and you were just like don't do it worst decision ever <laughs> don't do it like, <laughs> we were like what and you're like no 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 don't do it <laughs> you don't get it just don't do it just don't do it you see me with any partners right now it's like 
No, don't do it. <laughs> and that was so, I was like, what, 2010 or something, right? No? Yeah, when, when I got held up by gunpoint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In Atlanta? Yeah. yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. That's a great story. Yeah. I mean, once you lived through it, it was a great story. I was yeah. just like, um, is this really happening right now? I'm like, this is really happening. Did you say I buy you, were some go white tees? you were going to go in and buy him something because you didn't have cash or something? Is that what you said? Yeah, I didn't have, well, I, 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 had ca I had a money clip, so I pushed all my cash out, and I'm like, I have no cash, but I can buy you something. You want uh, Gatorade? You want something? <laughs> he, he, wanted, he wanted two Cokes and a pack of white tees. So I was like, I'll buy a that for you. What? Is that cool? A white white t-shirts he was like i want a pack of white t-shirts so i was like here you go man this is the like, it's okay if i buy my stuff this is the worst criminal ever yeah. he had like a whole he had a whole entourage he had like guys outside he had three guys inside and like i'm, I'm just like really i i have no chance like can i buy something yeah i want that coke and some white tea. You didn't even get like, enough cokes for everybody. <laughs> no, just like three. I was like, my God, there's like a whole bunch of guys outside. You think they want some cokes? They probably want some cokes too. And you should have bought like you should have bought like a 24 pack, and they would have been like, no, 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 man, take these back. We don't. <laughs> I don't want 24. I want three. Just want three. That's so great, man. That was that was the last time we. Uh, we flew from Milwaukee. Like, yeah. From there, we went to Chicago because it's a direct flight, direct straight to Chicago. Oklahoma City. We're like, like we're, we're not doing that shit we're gonna again. We're going to park at O'Hare. We're good. Yeah. We're good. That's nice. <laughs> that might have been, honestly, the last non direct flight I've taken in my life. Yeah, that was awful. That was straight awful. But you know what? Learned a lot. Yeah. Learned a lot. Never take connecting flights. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and the, best, the best part when we showed up to class, I was like, Man, I hate being late. I'm like, does anyone like I get to the airport way too early? It pisses him off. And and I walk in late. I'm like, I hate being late. I'm gonna get shit for this. I'm just like, hey man, I would have been here a lot early if I would have been I don't want to hear it. Put your goddamn self in the corner and take a seat. Hey, this is the first time everyone's got held up on the way to RTS. This is the first. I made it memorable. I made it memorable. That was the first. Yeah. Well, Tom, Tom, man, thanks for for being on the uh, on the call with us today. I totally look forward to get back with you and uh, hanging out at Shiki again, man. It's good to see you guys. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, bet, anytime. Man. All right. All right, buddy. Have Take a good care. Later. Good night. Thank you for joining us, everyone. If you want more, go to bizbody.net and check out our other shows. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with everyone who you think it can help. Next week, NFL cornerback Eric Murray. Until then.